Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number three of Genesis chapter five. And we're continuing to look at Genesis five, verse three, which says, And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. And we have begun to look at that age, 130, and we saw that Abram was born to his father Terah when Terah was age 130. And Terah had three sons. One, Abram, crossed over into the promised land. Terah himself, his other two sons, did not. Pointing to the one-third, two-third ratio, the Bible uses that figure to typify one-third representative of the elect and two-thirds representative of mankind. Remember in Revelation 666, the number of man. And now we have gone to a, another place. This is the third time in the book of Genesis in the Bible that we'll find the age of an individual to be 130. And we saw last time, uh, I read from Genesis 45. Let me just read again. When Joseph reveals himself to his brethren, he says in Genesis 45, verse 6, For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And from there we went to Acts chapter 7, and in verse 11 it says, Now there came a dearth, over all the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. So, as um, we pointed out last time, the two words, great affliction, those two English words are a translation of megas, thalipsis, the identical two words translated great tribulation, um, and I'll, I'll read it so we get it clearly in our minds. What God is saying in Matthew 24, it says in verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And and he goes on to expound, to explain further what he means by great tribulation. Megas Thalipsis. And therefore, when God says the famine, he doesn't say the years of plenty, but the dearth, the famine that came in the time of Jacob, in the days of Joseph, is a time of great affliction or great tribulation, megastolipsis. That means God is making the link. He's telling us, go review, go take a look at that famine in the book of Genesis, and you'll, you'll find out some information that will relate to the Great Tribulation, that will teach you 
about the Great Tribulation. It will instruct you. That this is what God means uh, in Isaiah 28 in verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And then he says in verse 10, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, which is another way, a a wonderful way of saying compare scripture with scripture, spiritual with spiritual, law with law. And and so I said, um, great affliction, and you search that out, you see it means great tribulation, and, and look, I'm saying the famine of Joseph's day was the great tribulation, or it's a picture, a historical parable of the great tribulation, which will come at the time of the end. Because Jesus, in Matthew 24, brings up the great tribulation in response to the disciples' question, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And there will be great tribulation at the time of the end of the world. So when we do go back, uh, isn't it just amazing that Joseph is hidden, just as God was hidden, as the Bible was sealed up? Joseph, a type of Christ, then reveals himself, just as God reveals himself in the time of the Great Tribulation. And so here, for the first part, of that dearth, that great affliction, the great tribulation. Joseph is hidden to his brethren, but now he reveals himself after two years. And notice, notice the dates that were given in Genesis 45, 6. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And we know from the biblical calendar of history, which we're going to work to lay out in the coming studies, we know the timeline for this. The seven years of famine began in the year 1879. And that means when Joseph is saying there's been two years already, he's telling them, look, this began two years ago in 1879. And, of course, they're in the year 1877. So the date 1879, the beginning of the famine, 1877, after two years, and in which there's going to be a major drastic change and alteration in everything regarding that famine concerning Jacob and his family, the brethren of Joseph, and five years more, it'll continue. So, if they're in 1877, Joseph is telling them in 1872, five years from now, the seven-year famine will conclude. So, as Joseph, a figure and type of the Lord Jesus Christ, reveals himself during a famine, which is a figure and type of the Great Tribulation, he reveals three key dates concerning the Great Tribulation. The beginning date, a dividing point within, and a concluding date. And what do we know as we stand 
at the time of the end of the world, we stand in a advantageous position of having gone through the Great Tribulation. What were the key dates that we learned about the Great Tribulation? We learned it began May 21, 1988, just as Joseph revealed to his brethren the beginning year, 1879. We learn that there was a dividing point within the Great Tribulation, the year 1994, because the character of the first part was so grievous, so terrible, that if it continued, God could not save the elect he intended to save, that great multitude. So he made a change by sending the latter rain in that jubilee year of 1994, and also would inform his people by opening the scriptures, they needed to get out of the church and go out into the world where the latter rain was falling. Just as Joseph is informing his people, his brethren, that they need to get out of the land of Canaan because uh, it, it's just too awful there, too grievous. There'll be no change concerning the famine within the land of Canaan throughout the entire seven years, in order to benefit, in order to be nourished by Joseph, in order to find food, there's corn in Egypt, you have to go into Egypt. You have to leave Canaan and go into Egypt. Exactly the teaching that God's people learn in the midst of the Great Tribulation We learn we have to get out of the church because there's a famine. Not a famine of food and water, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. No one's being saved within the congregations. And we didn't know that early on, but we learned that once God opened up the information, once Joseph revealed himself, then we realize we have to get out of the church. Just as Jacob And his family realized they have to leave the land of Canaan. And we had to go out into the world as they had to go into Egypt. You you see the tremendous, these aren't minor, these are tremendous parallels from a historical parable teaching on the Great Tribulation and our time and what actually occurred in our time in that we are witness to. We, we were witness to the dates of 1988, the beginning, 1994, the dividing point, and then the year 2011, May 21, 2011. After 23 years, we knew precisely when the Great Tribulation would conclude. And, and so Joseph revealed 1879, the beginning, 1877, where you are now, this dividing point, 1872, the famine ends. And and that's a point for people who say, well, the Great Tribulation did not conclude on May 21, 2011, and, and we're still in it, but we don't know where we are within it, and when it will ever conclude. Well, according to what Joseph revealed to his brethren, he did reveal three key dates. And we know and have understood three key dates. 
the beginning of the tribulation, the dividing point, and the conclusion of the great tribulation, which matches what we're reading in Genesis 7 concerning the famine, which God calls great tribulation. In other words, the Bible's telling us that God would inform his people regarding these key dates within the great tribulation. And and so for someone to say, well, we can know when it began, we can know 94 was the time when the latter rain started, but we can't know when it ends. Well, that that does not agree with Joseph revealing himself and the dates he reveals to his brethren. Okay, well, Joseph did reveal himself, and then his brethren went back to the land of Canaan to tell their father, Jacob, that Joseph is alive. And then the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. And and all that relates to the, the reviving of the two witnesses and how God's word just energized and revived a great multitude outside of the churches and congregations through the sending forth of his word to save many um, outside of the, the corporate church. But then when Jacob finally comes into Egypt, there's an official presentation that Joseph makes of his family to Pharaoh. And Jacob goes before Pharaoh. In Genesis chapter 47, it says in verse 5, And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land, make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen, let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Now, isn't it just something? It's, you know... The Bible does this so often we might be tempted to take it for granted. We shouldn't. But isn't it amazing, incredible, the way God arranges things, the way he orchestrates circumstances and and arranges the details so that we learn from the Bible, and, and this is strictly from the Bible, we learn the famine in Joseph's day is great tribulation. It's it's equivalent to great tribulation because of how God describes it in Acts chapter 7, verse 11. We learn that that matches the details of the end-time spiritual famine that comes on the churches. As just mentioned in Genesis 45, Joseph gives three key dates. We ourselves learn three key dates regarding the Great Tribulation. And now when 
there's an entering into Egypt. They're just coming out of the land of Canaan. And the land of Canaan pictures the corporate church that is experiencing just a grievous famine. And, and therefore, it relates to the time of God's judgment beginning at the house of God. And, and when did it begin? The year 1988, which was the 13,000th year of Earth's history. 10 times 10 is 100, times 10 is 1,000, times 13. 10 times 10 times 10, 3 tenths to the third power, indicating the purpose of God. Number 13, the end of the world. That's when the famine upon the corporate church occurs, and then during that awful, grievous spiritual famine within the churches and congregations of the world, God opens up his Bible to reveal the what he has done, to reveal the judgment upon the congregations, and to reveal the command to the people of God, you must get out, flee to the mountains, depart out of the corporate church. So all that information is unveiled. The, the Bible is no longer sealed. God reveals it to his people after 13,000 years of history. And here we, we discover that, um, and, and it's really, um, just an official presentation of the family of Joseph. Joseph is the second in command of Egypt. He, he has been a tremendous blessing to Pharaoh. Pharaoh uh, was a mighty king, but since Joseph interpreted his dream, he has become, and Egypt has become, the mightiest kingdom, and he the mightiest ruler in all the world, because his power has grown tremendously with Egypt itself. As you would see if you read the entire account, the kingdom of Egypt gain power over its people like it never had before. And all the nations round about were struggling through the famine, through the dearth. And Egypt was prospering, which brought it incredible riches and and so forth. And and so, yes, th- this is um, a time where Pharaoh wants to do something nice for Joseph because Joseph has been a, a very wonderful servant to him that has brought him great prosperity and blessing and and so he brings in his family and and you know if this were any other book it wouldn't have any real significance and we could almost miss the significance of this except the age the age stands out that pharaoh asked Jacob one question, just one question, uh, as far as we can tell. Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old are you? And then after Jacob answers, uh, in verse 10, Jacob blessed Pharaoh, went out from before Pharaoh. There is not two or three or four or more questions, one question, just one question is all Pharaoh asked. How 
old are you? And, and can you see how God set that up? How God uh, arranged for that question to be asked, just like it reminds us of Revelation 7, when the great multitude appears, and and the the question is asked, from whence came they? And the question is asked in order that we can hear the response. Out of great tribulation, a great multitude out of great tribulation. How old are you, Jacob? And, you know, this could have worked out a thousand different ways. Pharaoh could have said, as he does indicate to Joseph elsewhere, what is your occupation? Uh, as the mariners asked of Jonah, what is your occupation? Of which country do you come? Uh, there, there's a lot of different questions that Pharaoh could have asked politely, respectfully, wanting to um, give honor to Joseph, but he picked that one. And of course, it would have been vastly different. We, we wouldn't have anything to say about it in relationship to the things we've been saying. If Jacob were any other age, if Jacob were 129, 131, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of numbers, a lot of ages that would not relate to anything else, uh, that do not break down into significant numbers at all. But it so happens, not because of coincidence, but because of the perfect will of God and his perfect ability to manage and orchestrate the things of history, the things of the world, that that Pharaoh does ask that question, and Jacob responds, the days of the years of my pilgrimage, the days of the years of my pilgrimage. It almost reminds us of the statement back in Genesis 37 in verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. And then we read of Joseph being 17 years old, and it goes into the historical account of of his dreams and and, and so forth, and then his brethren and we wonder, well, what, what does that have to do with the generations of Jacob? That That's more of a uh, a thing you would read in a genealogy. The generations of Jacob. Until we remember, Jacob is a type of the elect of God. These are the generations of the elect of God. And so here are God's elect towards the end. As Jacob says in answer, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. A hundred and thirty years old and the days have been few and evil. And, and that's certainly true if we were to say, for 13,000 years of earth's history, the days of the years of God's elect upon the earth have been few and evil because there's been always tribulation. In the world, you will have tribulation. And then at the time of the end, 
it grows, it magnifies into great tribulation. And, and so now Jacob is presented and the question is asked in order that he give this answer and he state, I am 130. Because it's the dividing point of the seven year famine that relates to great tribulation. And again, and again, and again, God ties in great tribulation with the number 13. The number 13. Remember, uh, good King Josiah. Good King Josiah began to rule in the year 640 BC. And we read in Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. So Josiah was a boy of eight years old in 640 B.C. when he began to reign, and then he reigned 31 years. 31 years from 640 brings us to the year 609 B.C., and Josiah was killed in battle, the last good king of Judah. And from that point on, things went horribly for Judah. Their kings were all evil. They they came under foreign occupation, first with Egypt and then Babylon. It was the beginning, 609 B.C., was the beginning of the 70 years of tribulation. That 70-year period, 609 until 539 B.C., when finally the king of Babylon was slain and and Cyrus uh, allowed the Jews to go free. After 70 years, which typified the Great Tribulation. And how old was Josiah upon his death? He was 8 when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years, so 8 plus 31 equals 39. And 39 breaks down to 3 times 13. 3, the purpose of God. 13, the number of the end of the world, the number that identifies with the 13,000th year of earth's history, the time when the Spirit of God would depart from the church and the church would become dead, just like Josiah was killed. And the church would be subject to the rule of Satan, the enemy of God, like Judah became subject to foreign rule of Egypt and then Babylon. And and so God identifies the number 13 with the Great Tribulation. Actually, since Jacob was 130, when he stood before Pharaoh... In the midst of that seven-year famine of the Great Tribulation, how old was Joseph at that time? Joseph came out of prison at age 30. Then he immediately interpreted Pharaoh's dream, and from everything we can tell, the seven years of plenty began right away. So the seven years of plenty would have, would have made Joseph 37. He was 30, seven years of plenty. He's age 37. And then, um, following immediately, came the famine. And it's two years, according to Joseph, into the famine. And that makes Joseph 39. 
39 years old. That is the identical age as Josiah when he was slain and and began the 70-year period that typifies the Great Tribulation. Joseph, age 39, three times 13. At the time, Jacob is 130, 10 times 13. We can see the strong emphasis placed upon the number 13. Actually, it also tells us that when Joseph was born, Jacob was aged 91. And 91 is 7 times 13. God has placed a special emphasis upon the number 13 in this historical account of Jacob and Joseph. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.